Blog Talk Radio. So 
uh, we always uh, do our part to entertain the troops. So super duper uh, excited about that. Going to be doing a lot of traveling, so I'm trying to get a little rest nowadays. With that, uh, it's time to bring on uh, my friend to the show. Um, oh, 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 before I bring her on, I wanted to share this with you. Uh, when I talk about sharing the shows, you can go back in, into the archives and look and listen to any one of the episodes. We had Eddie Griffin on, and it's one of our highest-rated shows. He talked about working with Denzel Washington. Check this out. The biggest part of acting is listening. Mm. You know, when Denzel delivered his line to me, I'm feeling the vibration. It's like music, you know what I mean? It's like, how is he playing the bass string on, on delivering his line? Right. Which gives my instrument, you know, the, the right tone on delivering what I got to say to the brother. What's it like to do a scene with Denzel, man? Uh, it's like you better be on your A game because D ain't playing. <laughs> he be coming with it, don't he? He, he be coming with it. But, but you know I got when I dropped them kids on him in that scene, he was like, "Look, look, little nigga." <laughs> <laughs> what he said? This here is a. He said, "Look, little nigga. This here is a Denzel Washington film. We will be cutting that part out. I just want to let you know up front." <laughs> Eddie, he did not hit you with it, dog. Yeah, he did. He said, in the room, nigga. Shit, you ain't going to devil in the blue dress. Me, I done been through that shit once with Don yeah. Cheadle's ass. You ain't about to do this shit. Man, that, that is so off the chain. That is the best story in the world. It is the best story in the world. We got it right here on Roddy Perry Live. I don't doubt that we're going to have more of that today. Uh, absent the cussing, of course. Welcome to the show, uh, my friend, uh, Miss T. Faye Griffin. What's up, Wanda Faye? <laughs> my cousin, Eddie. And why you just got to go tell America my first name? Why are you just got to come out the shoot? I've worked very hard what? all these years to keep, keep the key on the down low, and you just come all out the shoot with the first name. Did I say it? Did. I know I'm you're sorry. so used to saying it in private. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Chief Faye Griffin. Um <laughs> She is obviously running from the law, so it's none of your business what her real name is. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave the state of California. I'm uh, in the Witness Protection Program. I got to leave the state of California now. Thank hey, you for that, Brian. I swear. Now, I everybody my, in America knows my name is Twanda Faye. Wow. Twanda Faye Griffin. It's a great name. <laughs> I love it. It's so country. I'm from Los Angeles. How did I get a country name? You know what? You are you. You know you. Now let 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 let's talk about our background. We've been friends for a number of years. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we've had a chance to you know to to uh, you know help each other lick each other's wounds and you know and and go through the ups and downs of this business. And you're one of those people that always seem to land on your feet. How have you managed to to always you know land on your feet as you navigate this business that we're in? You know, I don't know that I do, honestly. I think there's a perception that I that I do um, that I always land on my feet. But if you mean that I always keep on keeping on, I, I only have one answer, and that is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the only reason why I'm still standing in this business, because if it were up to me and my own devices, I would have been gone. You know, I did in Living Color for two years, and right after in Living Color, I found myself on welfare. I mean, you know what I mean? I've had some moments. And so, you know, if it wasn't, you know, what what Grandma used to say, it hadn't been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? And that is my life. That is my testimony. Had it not been for God, 
I would not have survived this business because this business, as you know, Rodney, it will eat you alive unless you have something firm. To, to, to be rooted in, and I choose to be rooted in God. It's cost me some things, you mm. know, because Christianity ain't popular in this business. Well, you know, the faith-based industry is starting to get some get some traction right now, but um, up until this point, you know, Christianity is, is, is taboo, you know. Wow. Hey, hey, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. We're talking to author T. Faye Griffin. Now, T. Faye, you've, uh, you've worn many hats. Uh, you're a comedy writer. You're a comedian. But this author hat that you've put on is pretty dynamic. Um, uh, how did this come about, this particular project, Morning Manor? Uh, I love how you're talking to me like you don't know me. Uh, T. Faye, you sound like an man. I love it. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my professional um We gotta be professional because right people don't know. I see this is what I'm always concerned about when I'm talking to my friends. We have a shorthand that people be like, What the hell are they talking about? So that's right. why I try to be as clear as possible. No, that's you're all. right. You're right. You keep doing you. You do you, yes, you got your you got your uh you got your Barbara Walters on. I get it. Okay, so I'm gonna be the perfect um I'm going to be the perfect guest. Um, yes, Rodney, you see, the book came about as... Okay, don't do you know, that either. Wait a minute, okay. <laughs> why you write this damn book? Why you do that? I wrote the book because <laughs> God told me to. Um, okay. I, seriously, though, I've wanted to, to write a book of my own, and I'm not exaggerating, since I was eight years old. I have literally file cabinets full of, of unfinished manuscripts. I've never been able to, you know, I tried to write a humor book. I tried to write a romance novel. I tried to write all kinds of things. And as you know, I've I've made a living putting words in other people's mouths and writing things for other people. And I think to be able to to complete those things was no problem. But when it came to finishing my own project, I got stuck. I just would always get stuck. Well, I underwent a life transition earlier this year um, that was rather devastating, and it put me into a situation where I had to—I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. I lost. uh, Just to be transparent, because book is transparent, and I am—I lost my home. I wasn't working. Uh, There was no income. I had to move in with a friend, Um, and I found myself once again in this position where it was just me and God looking at each other. And it was almost like he said, okay, so you're going to write the book now? <laughs> I'm like, yes, sir. So for the last, you know, eight months or so, I have lived, slept, breathed this book, Morning Matter, which began as a Facebook post, ironically. I okay. posted something one day. It's in, the, it's in the introduction of the book of how it all came about. But I posted something about, can I just be transparent, Rodney? Be transparent. I, I posted something about being morning one morning. Uh-oh. I, I was. I was. See, being a single Christian woman in a committed relationship be with Jesus Christ, yeah. it's, not, it's not so much that God, you know, he created horny. I mean, that's his yeah. creation. Yeah. But he created a context for that horniness, and that's marriage. And I ain't got no husband. So I'm like, what am I going to do with this horniness this morning up there listening to Phil Perry first thing in the morning, which I have made a commitment, yeah. never listen to Luther or Phil Perry before 9 a.m. ever again. Hey, hey, Madeline, uh, Madeline, find me some Phil Perry. What song do you like? (laughs) Oh, don't get me that. Oh, anything that comes, he can sing the dog on ABCs, and I'm just gone. That's 
suggest it, you know. But I love that um, song. Uh, he says, pardon me, baby, if I seem a little crude. Here lately, I ain't got enough of you. I'm just, oh, Lord Jesus. So I had to pray. And I went on to Facebook, and I posted uh, a, I posted an update to my status, and it simply said, note to self, don't listen to Phil Perry. Refrain from listening from, to Phil Perry um, until you get a husband. Frustration wow. is not a good look. And I'm telling you, people blew my Facebook page up with that one simple little post. And people were inboxing me and sending me private messages, and we were talking and laughing. And But most importantly, we started to pray. There were some serious emails that came through, women married and single women who were struggling in that area. And so the next day I wrote another post and another post. And so seven months later I looked up and I had a book, and that's how Morning Manna was born. Wow. And, and so Morning Manna start, starts on Facebook. How far are you in on Facebook? How far are you in? How much of you? How much of the book is done on Facebook before you go? You know what? This is something. I was about uh, honestly, I was about six months in. I was about because I moved it from my T. F. A. Griffin from my personal page. I created a morning manna page, okay. and then uh, Facebook started fussing around with it, and it wasn't getting to. Uh, people, you know, they started changing the algorithms and wanting you to pay and, you know, all this stuff to promote the page. And I was like, I'm not doing that. So I started a blog. Well, when I moved it to the WordPress blog, then I lost people to attrition there because of the transition. I said, you know, this is ridiculous, God. I'm, people were really, I had built, God had built a community of people from all over the world. I had people reading in, in Canada and in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, I had people in Italy reading Morning Manna. But when I made the transition to the blog, I kind of lost some folks. I gained some new folks, but I lost people. And it was at that point, about six months in, God was like, okay, let's do a book. Let's do a book. So there we go. And I had to write more stuff. Now, it's not a daily devotional. When you think of devotional, most people think, you know, it's 365. You know, I I ain't got that kind of time. I just I couldn't wait for <laughs> yeah. Anybody got that kind? Of, I ain't got 365 of them. I'm just saying you gonna have to. There's about 270 of them. The rest of the year you gonna have to read the Bible itself. I really don't know what to tell you. But it's, um, it's 200. It's over 200. Very short. Nothing is over 300 words. You can read it in a sitting. You can read it in a couple of days. You can read it a daily if you if you care to. But each one, each one is the book's title is Morning Manna: Wisdom Served with Humor and Heart. So some of the the entries are very humorous, or at least I like to think they are. But some of them are very heartfelt because I talk about everything from friendship to money to salvation to adultery to masturbation. What? And that's why I call it, this ain't your mama's, this is not your mama's devotional. This is a devotional with a bite. So I love Max Licato, and I love the Jesus Calling Chicks. Those are wonderful writers, and, and but that ain't my testimony. I write the way that God gives it to me, and he gives it to me hard, and he gives it to me with a bite. You I, you use that word bite fairly often. You say, uh, try these tasty bites of biblical wisdom. I, I love the way you turn the phrase. Um, what's the significance of the bite? 
Well, it goes back to the title, Morning Manna, for those who may not, you know, the, the heathens out there or the yeah. unchurched, uh, y'all out there that don't know, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> manna is a bread, sort of a bread substance that God rained down from heaven every morning while the Israelites were uh, lost in, in the wilderness. And that's how he fed them for a time. Each morning he would give them this manna from heaven. They called it manna. And they were to collect it and eat just enough for the day. If they tried to save it, it would spoil. And mm. it's found in Exodus, Exodus uh, uh, the, the 16th chapter of the book of Exodus, uh, which is in the Bible for the heathens who are listening. And so he would um, give them quail at, at, at night. So they get the morning manna, they get the manna in the morning, the quail at night. So the bite came from that idea that the Bible, the Word of God, is our daily bread. It is something that we should consume, that we should chew on. And as, as wrote a post that says we need to marinate and ruminate and percolate and, yes, even regurgitate the Word. That's how you get it into your spirit, by by taking it in on a daily basis. Now, you ain't going to don't need to try to read the whole thing, take a bite of it and chew on it and let it be sustenance and nourishment for your spirit and help you grow. Morning Manor, the book will challenge you. I don't pull any punches. Um, I should say God didn't pull any punches because he inspired every word in the book. So it, 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 there's some sweet stuff in it. There's some bitter stuff in it, but it's all delicious and it will all help you be encouraged and be stronger in your whether you believe in whether you believe the Bible or not. I have people who are who are of different faiths who are reading Morning Manor and getting mm. something out of it. Absolutely. Wow. Hey y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to T Faye Griffin. The name of the book is Morning Manor. You can go to the website, Morning Manor thebook.com, or you can go to her website directly, uh, com. all the words spelled like those words are spelled. She's also on Twitter at <laughs> Griffin as well, and Facebook is t.fay.griffin.7. Um, this is uh, really interesting, T-Fay, to, uh, to read this book and as I was looking at your bio about the book, it says your audience is primary Christian Christian men and women from 25 to 65. But as I consume the book, and I think you just spoke to it, um, it's it's for everybody, right? For everyone. Every it's absolutely for everyone. That was the one thing that I believe God has called me to in in that. I have this ability, and I think you know this uh, about me, Rodney. I can talk to anybody because I love everybody. I ain't judging you. Do you, boo-boo. If you, you know, if you dipping and slipping and, and doing some things that are not necessarily what I believe, that's between you and God. I'm going to love you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to support you, you know what I'm saying, as a human being, as humanity. And so I think that comes across in the book, that the book, that while it does not, uh, pull any punches, um, and it gives a lot of word and a lot of biblical references, it's done with love. It truly is done with love. And so people, I have a very um, large uh, following of readers who are, who, who are homosexuals. And so for some people, you know, that's problematic. I don't think it's problematic because guess what? 
God loves homosexuals too. Hello. And that's what I want to come across. God, my tagline every day when I would sign off on Morning Manor, I would say, God cares about you and so do I. And that is absolutely the truth. What is spook night? Ah, spook night. Spook night, you know, you in your introduction you said that I'm a comedian. I actually call myself a humorist. A humorist is a writer and performer of humor. But um, as you know, I produced with one of the producers on three different seasons of Comic View. I co-created Coming to the Stage for BET. Um, I was a staff writer on In Living Color. I've uh, worked with the Lucy Desi Center of Comedy in Jamestown every year for the last three years. Um, so comedy and humor is my life. But in, I think, 2006 it was, when did I do Spook Night? I wrote a play, stage play, um, that was really an, an indictment on stand-up comedy, or black, I should say, black or urban stand-up comedy, and where it had mm-hmm. arrived from um, from its beginning. and. Okay. It, yeah, and it, it really was an indictment on joke jacking and people who, just because they could tell five relatively decent jokes, thought that they were comedians. And how a certain show, which will go nameless, even though I just named it, <laughs> kind of fed into that, kind of fed into that feeding frenzy of people want calling themselves comedians who are not. I have such a high um, esteem for people like you, Rodney, and and others who are truly called to the art of stand-up comedy. It is an art form. There is a craft to it. You can't just get up there and take the same six premises and rework them and call yourself a comedian, but that's what we see. There's still people traveling the country on the road talking about, yeah, I'm a comedian. You seen me on Common View. Well, we've seen everybody on Common View. That don't make you... A comedian. It really does not. So Spook Knight spoke to that and really addressed that issue of of comedy being watered down or being um, tainted by people who are truly not comedians. Hey, man, I remember that time so vividly, and I remember when you were in a creative process, and then you arriving um, there, you know, getting it done, What's it like for you to get this project done? Well, to 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 get this project done, it still feels very surreal because unlike Spook Night, and I'm glad you brought Spook Night up because Spook Night was all about me. It was about mm-hmm. you know me being you know getting it done and being seen and being recognized and getting the you know the front page of the wave newspaper and people coming out and opening night was you know you were there on opening night you know mm-hmm. and it was so much fun even though we almost set the, the stage on fire <laughs> they know you remember that remember that remember that that's a joke remember that uh, remember how the candle yeah. fell and, and and we almost set the stage on fire but anyway um, it was so much about me because I was at the height of my T state what I call the T state Griffinness. My mm-hmm. ego had gotten very big back then. Uh, I have since been very humbling. And Morning Manor was is definitely a humbling experience. So in terms of what I feel like, uh, what it feels like to finish Morning Manor, it just, I just feel humbled. I feel grateful, uh, privileged that God would use me, 
little old broken me with all of my flaws and all of my challenges, he would still choose me as a vessel to speak into the lives of people, hope and encouragement and and inspiration and motivation because that's Morning Manor does all of those things. And so it's it's still very, very much um, surreal to hold it in my hand. I haven't really cried, cried, cried yet. Everybody thinks I'm going to – I had a little moment when my son posted on his Facebook page, my mommy is a public – off, uh, is a published author, and I, I, I choked on that because to have my 30-year-old son, first of all, still call me mommy in public, <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm a mommy um, guy, too. I say mommy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he called. It, 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 that does, you, you don't know what that does to our heart to hear that from our grown sons, and to know that, and you know this because you're a dad, to know, okay, now I'm getting this, oh, my God. I hate you, Rodney. Don't make me cry. <laughs> to know that your kids, when you know that your kids are proud of you, there's nothing. There's there's no accolade. There's no award. There's nothing anybody can do or say to you that can top when your kids are proud of you. So yeah, you can get the you can get the book on morningmannerthebook.com, dot com. Am I right? Yeah, you can go there to the to uh to the to the website morningmanofthebook.com. You can also go directly to amazon.com if you like. It's on Amazon. Um uh, you can if you see a little a 2005 Ford Focus going down the street, you can flag it down cuz I got some in the trunk of my car. <laughs> I mean, there's ways we can there's ways get to get it. the book. You the book can be got. The book can um, be got. So, now, but yeah, let, let morningmanofthebook.com or amazon.com. Morning Manna by T. Faye Griffin. Got it. Let me ask you this. You um, you are uh, just one of my favorite human beings. Um, you got this great book. What are the words that T. Faye lives by? What are the words that T. Faye lives by? Good. You should have had Madeline send me that question. Uh, <laughs> it down, write it down. Like you think about it. Well, yeah. Well, my knee jerk, my knee jerk, or my gut reaction, or should I say, my spirit reaction, mm-hmm. is that what is the word that I live by? That God loves me, and there's nothing I can do about it. God loves me, and no matter what I do to disappoint or frustrate, no matter how many times I miss the mark, God loves me. And that's what keeps me going, the fact that the creator of the universe, the one who hung the stars and the moon, loves me. Even when I'm horny, listening to Michelle Perry in the morning, he loves me. Hey, he loves you even if you go and do something with somebody. Hey, y'all, this is Roddy Perry. You tuned in to Roddy Perry. <laughs> I ain't doing Perry. that, though. I ain't doing that. I, I, I'm just telling you, if you believe one way, you got to believe it all the way, T-Face. You might want to go get that, that itch scratched. Look, let, let's do this. Let's no. do this. Let's no. lighten this up. You know, no, I'm going to save you, my you, repentance points for for something else. I'm, you know, okay, yeah, I'm going to save we, my repentance well, they say, points for that. They say we fall short of the glory daily, so you done already did something. Anyway, so listen, look. We all, yeah, we do all fall short. Boy, stop talking. T-Fate. <laughs> um, I love you, Rodney Perry. <laughs> we, we, we 
talked Rodney we talked Benjamin about, since you blew me out, Rodney Benjamin Perry. That is the middle name. I got a, I got three first names, Rodney Benjamin Perry. So uh <laughs> um let's talk about let's talk about T Fate, um, the writer. Um you you you've pinned, you've helped some great comedians um uh create specials. What is it like to be sitting in the wings and watching somebody say something that you wrote? It's 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 like a it's like a drug. You get really at least for me it is. And that's for anything that I've written, but particularly when a joke hits that I've written, um you know, I work with Steve Harvey for you know, on and off for over twelve years and I just publicly want to say um, I adore Steve Harvey. Steve has Steve is what you see is what you get. He has come a long way in a lot of ways, but he's a he's an amazing man. I wish I wish more people truly understood the complexities of him. He truly is a man uh, of his word. Uh, he when I first worked with him, he made me cry actually because he was so mean to me uh, in public. This was you know. 14 years ago now, but um, he said something to me, and it made me cry, and and I went in the bathroom and cried and let him see me cry. But the night of the show, this was our first time working together, he looked at me, he said, girl, I got some things coming up. Me, you going to roll till the wheels fall off. And he has been true to his word. So, uh, Chief, if you get a hold of this, just know that I love you. I publicly acknowledge that you have been a driving force in my comedy writing career. I've learned so much. Um, when he would take the stage and do something that I wrote or helped him craft, and it hit, there's nothing like it. Ricky Smiley still does a hit that I that I co-crafted with him, and that's the bunk bed casket. Me and Ricky <laughs> developed that. Um, the 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 handicapped choir wearing their short robes, uh, <laughs> so that the the robes don't get caught in the smokes or the wheelchairs. That was a hit that I wrote for 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 Ricky. Um, and so when you hear those out and seeing and hearing the response of the audience, it's, it's a high. It's a high. I just wish I could write better jokes for myself. I'm a mediocre stand-up. People tell me I'm great. I'm, I I'm think not going to even let you say that no more. You better shut you your mouth. You ain't even, even heard seeing me I before. Don't worry you about it. I, just, I know the type of person you are. I know the perfectionist you are. So if you are mediocre, you won't stay mediocre. Let's do this, T-Faye. I got a call. Yes, Chris. Chris is calling in from San Francisco. He wanted to say hi. Hey, Chris, you on with T. Chris Faye. Rosetti. That's my stalker. That's Chris Rosetti. I bet you watch. Watch. Who is this, please? Hey, T. Faye. How you doing? <laughs> I know it. <laughs> hi, Chris. How are you? Doesn't he have the best voice, Rodney? Chris sounds amazing. He's amazing. But, how you doing? Well, I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm just, congratulations on the book, and, and we talk on Facebook a lot, Um so you can re- you can remove the restraining order if you if you will. <laughs> Not just yet. I'm gonna tell your wife on you. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> she's out. In fact, she's out writing right now. Is she? She's she's working on her own book. She went out to Starbucks with the rest of the authors. <laughs> she, she's writing. She's writing right now. Is that the spot to go when you're writing? Evidently, everybody's a playwright or a writer I in Starbucks. Do it. I, I can't do it. I tried to do the Starbucks coffee thing, and I, it's just too distracting for me. I can't do it. Well, a quick question, and I'll, and I'll, I'll hang up to hear your answer. Uh, first of all, sure. 
what what would you say to anyone wanting to write a book? You know, what have you gleaned now that it's so fresh? And second question, um, what's next? God bless y'all. Hang up to listen. Have a great day. Hey, thanks, thanks for the Chris. call, Chris. Go, go yeah, ahead, in answer to Chris, Chris's question, should I answer it now? Um, yeah, it, I, I think, you know, now that I'm such a seasoned author, I think the thing that I've learned through my process is what every author pretty much has always said. Just write. Just do it. Anything in life that you want to do, you will find a way. Morning Manor was written primarily between the hours of 3.30 a.m. and 6 o'clock a.m., uh, West Coast time because I always wanted to get it out early for the people on the East Coast to have it in the morning, and I and I made a commitment to getting up five days a week to write those those posts for over six months. Anything that you want to do, you just find the time, you make the time, and you and you do it. And I forgot the second part of his question. Do you remember what it was? I don't remember either, but I tell you what I do got. Hmm.
This is why I don't talk to you. This is exactly why I only talk to you about three times a year because I can't stand it. But, you know, that was a term that I learned when I was a staff writer on The Parenthood on Robert Townsend's show. I was a staff writer on that show for a minute. And and I learned that term, gangbang. Let's go in here and gangbang this, gangbang that. So, anyway, back to the introduction of Jesus Christ, which, again, I have to give Steve Harvey uh, much credit for bringing that concept and the majority of it already written, he came to the table with it. And this is when Steve first started walking with the Lord. So it was like, you know, really fresh for him and he was so excited and, you know, and then we just kind of added a couple of things and tweaked it a bit. And I mean, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful um, homage to, to, to Jesus. And I think God is really pleased with that. Okay. Don't answer this. Did you get your check? What? Did they pay you? Did I what? Did you get your check? Did I get my check? Don't answer that. Hey, uh, check it out. If I had the pleasure of bringing out Christ, this is just how I would do it. It ain't got to be the way you do it. You might not think it's just right, but this is how I would do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible time after time. He hailed out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. No special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the rose of Sharon, and some say he's the prince of peace. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together and show your love for the second coming of the one and only. Wow. That is such a wow, wow moment, man. Were you there? 
I was there. I'm, I'm choking up, and my body is just filled with goosebumps. We were at Phillips Arena in Atlanta. Totally sold out. It was mega fest. Um, and Steve, I never go to see Steve after a show. I never, you know, I just never do. You know, usually when he says goodnight, I see him the next time I see him. But that night I was standing in the back. I was actually standing in the house at the teleprompter, which was in the house. Mm-hmm. And I made, I was like a salmon going upstream trying to make my way through that crowd to get to, to get to his, his dressing room. And I got to his dressing room. There were tons of people outside the door. And the bodyguard, who I didn't know, I and, mean, you know, we know all of Steve's guys. Right, 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 right. He right. was different. And he opened the door. He just opened it and let me in. He wasn't letting anybody in. And Steve was sitting there. And I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story, but, it's, it's again, it's such a testament to what God is doing in Steve's life. And Steve was standing there, sitting there, and there was one other, I said, boom, around with the other person in the room, and his eyes were crimson red. I said, I know, Chief. Something in his heart changed that night. We witnessed the shifting of Steve Harvey that night in Phillips Arena, and to have it captured in audio on video, it was just, it was historical and monumental in his life as a man, as a Christian man. No, he's not perfect, but are you? I'm not mm. perfect, so mm. it, I, I'm just honored to have been there that night and to have to played a small part of seeing that transition in his life. And uh, I just honor him. I just honor him and and uh, and so grateful and thankful for the role that he's played in 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 my life. And uh, you know, I thank God for Steve Harvey. Uh, last question come from my chat room: How long should uh, your book be? Like how did you know? How did you know you were done? Uh, I got carpal tunnel, and, <laughs> and I'm typing. I ain't, I ain't typing nothing else. Um, no, you just you just know. You know when you said everything you need to say. Right. Um, there when you in, when you publish independently. I should say that about my book. I also published independently or self-publishing, as people would say. Um, there are a lot of factors, but the cool thing about self-publishing is that there is no limit. You can do what you want. It's yours. No one's dictating your page length. Uh, but also know when you publish tenderly, that page length is going to dictate your cost. So Morning Manor, uh Wisdom with uh, Served with Humor and Heart is 274 pages all in. And um, that's just where I stopped writing. I'm going to tell you something, Tifa. Mm. I talk to people all the time. I do these interviews every Monday at 2 p.m. And my phone lines are blowing up. People want to talk to you. People are like, yo, who is this lady? She's dope. She's (laughs) amazing. You are doing it on so many levels. I I, got to get my next guest on, man. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. Um, I wish you all the success in the world. The last author that we had on the show, their book Best Soul, it was self, it was a published self published book. It went to the bestsellers list. So I'm wishing that and praying that on your book, oh. your life. We're looking for uh we're looking forward to I'll be skinny in heaven, even though yes. we do kinda like you a little thick. Hello, you know. <laughs> and uh <laughs> um and uh what else what else you want to tell
tell the people before we before we sign off? I, I have to say this one thing. First of all, thank you for for Rodney for having me on. You know, I adore you. Always have, always will. You've never changed. You've always been the same person from the moment I met you back there on drama back in the day. Um, secondly, I wish you continued success with all that you put your hands to. I'm gonna get you a tail to church one day. And then I want to I say, go to church um, sometimes. <laughs> Well, you're going to stay awake when you go with me. And so then I want to also say that a percentage of every copy of Morning Manor that is sold, a proportion of that goes to my two charities of choice. One is Unshakable Faith here in Los Angeles, which provides hygiene kits and clothing and food for people on Skid Row, downtown Los Angeles. And the second is Kids in the Spotlight. Kids in the Spotlight is an organization that goes into foster care group homes and trains kids in foster care to write, star, and cast in their own short films. And then we do a great big film festival every year. November 1st, we're doing it. It's hosted by Ty Burrell from ABC's Modern Family. I'm the executive uh, producer and writer of that show. Rodney, if you're in town, please come present for us. And that's what I want to say. So every copy that you buy, money goes somewhere to help somebody else. I love it. That is completely awesome. Her name is T. Faye Griffin. That's Tawanda Faye, if you really want to keep it real. <laughs> and uh, 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 she's got a, an incredible book. It's called Morning Manor. You can go to the website. That's um, make sure I say it right. That is morningmanorthebook.com, or you can check her out on tfaygriffin.com. Also, you can tweet her right now. Matter of fact, tweet her. Let her know you heard about her on the show. She's at yeah. T. Faye. Griffin, T-F-A-Y-E-G-R-I-F-F-I-N. T-F-A, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. Thank you, Rodney. Love you. You know what? Don't don't hang up. I got one more thing for you. Don't go nowhere. Hold on. Let me see. Okay. Hold on. Why can't I do no mischief right now with you? Uh, because, see, the Lord don't like ugly. I know what you get ready to do. Uh, <laughs> that song. I'll play. Here we go. Here we go, teammate.
will you do with your next five hours? If you're looking for the latest in comedy, news, and entertainment, the only place to go is the Humor Meal. Check out the website, humormealmag.com. Humor Meal, the only place for comedy, news, and entertainment. I see you, Frank. Yeah, KFC. Original recipe. Original recipe? Mm. Dad, I think you ate the bones. I did what? You ate the bones. I ate the bones? I ate the bones? I ate the bones? KFC Original Recipe, now available without the bone. Freshly prepared white or dark meat chicken, boneless and skinless. Get four delicious, mouth-watering pieces in your next 10-piece mixed bucket for $14.99. Today tastes so good. Hey, y'all, up next on Rodney Perry Live, my man Dietrich Haddon drops in. Y'all stay right there. Hey, you, yeah, you. You listen to the show, you're laughing along with Rodney, you listen to the great guests, but you're not sharing it. You need to share this show with somebody special. Find somebody in your life that you love and show them how good you enjoy the show. It's Rodney Perry Live. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it. Yeah. I only talked to my friends on this show. I had a chat with Kevin Hart, and he, he was trying to give me some props, but he, he kind of dissed me a little bit. Listen to this. <laughs> And uh, you and Rodney are both, you know, it's like I look up to both of you cats. I'm, I still consider myself young in the game. I don't know shit. Well, here's the first thing I want you to do. What's that? Don't ever put Rodney's name in a conversation with me. <laughs> let's, let's, let's immediately understand that, okay? <laughs> you right, just set me back. Cool. You just set me back two years. I got two years. I just lost two years just now. Because oh you just put God. me and Rodney in the same conversation. Hey, hey, Darrell, thank you for the call, man. We're going to get some more callers. <laughs> I just want to show you guys love. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Hey, hey, you know what? This is what I love about Kevin Hart, especially for my listeners out there. A lot of guys come to this town and turn gay. <laughs> Kevin Hart was gay when he got here. Let's take out. Let's go to live. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. Up next, my man, Dietrich Haddon. Happy birthday to my sister, Sherelle Evans. I love you, Sherry. I love you, Sherry. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. 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 Happy birthday, Sherry. What? My little sister, Sherelle Evans, I love you, I love you, I love you more than you could possibly know. And thank you to all you guys that are continuing to listen to the show. You guys are amazing. Y'all stay right there. Up next, Dietrich Haddon. I'm super excited to bring this man on the show, man. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I've been uh, listening to his music for years, watching his journey. And to get the, to get an opportunity to chop it up with him is completely amazing. On the show today... Uh, I, I can't wait to bring him on. Dietrich Haddon, the pastor himself, 
we'll be chopping it up with us right here on Roddy Perry Live. Tell you what, we're going to um, play some music, and we come back, we on live with Mr. Dietrich Hatton. It's going to be crazy. Y'all ain't ready for this. Roddy Perry uh, uh, is on here, and we're doing it, take it to another level. Uh, my soul, my soul says yes. Yeah, check it out. When you create, wow. well, when when you 
realized your gift, you know, and, and reading your story, you reluctantly, you know, took the the charge of being a singer, being a soloist. Um, talk to me about, you know, when, when your parents said, "Look, I, I think you need to really step out and and be the be the main guy in in, in the choir." Well, you know, I, I started in Detroit City at my dad's church. I'm a PK. Shout out to all the PKs out there, preacher's kids. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how it is being a preacher's kid is tough, you know. But my parents always motivated us to really step up and be leaders, you know. And uh, I was a minister of music in my church choir when I was 13 years old. I was responsible for about 75 adults when I was 13 wow. because I was so gifted, you yeah. know. A lot of times, man, when you – and I stepped in a leadership role, but I had a lot of development to do. You know what I'm saying? Just because you have this position, it doesn't mean that you have the integrity or the character to mm-hmm. hold that position. And so I went through a whole lot, man, to even after I, I matured, you know, I had I found out that I had to develop even more, you know. So a lot of – and that's a, that's a lot of cases across the board, man. A lot of men of God and people are elevated in positions far above their level of integrity and wow. character. So that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> man, but, but you know, the one thing I, I like about you, Dietrich, is you're fearless when it comes to having those conversations. I mean, e- even to watch, you, you know, your show on Oxygen, which has been doing amazing, um, you you are the the one I hate to call you a character cuz you're playing you <laughs> but you're the one <laughs> person on the show that I lean to as a person that's go I mean if I'm li- most like anybody on that show is Dietrich Haddon. I mean you're was it ever well, any reservation <laughs> If you're anything like me, I'm praying for you. I'm praying you through, Doc. We're going to make it. We're hey, going to make it. <laughs> hey, Deke, Deke, let me tell you something. The Detroit be trying to come out of you every once in a while. Because Deke be like, what What you say? Uh-huh. <laughs> it comes out, man. It comes out. You know, but I was I was raised like that, man. You can challenge. See, these guys ain't used to that. They, they mm-hmm. used to everybody bowing down to them. Anything you say, anything a preacher say, that's it. People just go with it. Whatever you say, Pastor. I grew up in the culture where you could speak. You had a voice. If my dad said something that was kind of weird or crazy, we challenged him. We say, show me that in the Bible. And if you can't show us that in the Bible, Daddy, you shouldn't be preaching that, you know. Uh, so I, I'm used to that, but they're not used to it. So it's just normal for me, you know. Man, was, were there any reservations to get into this reality world? Of of course, you know, the, the show is on Oxygen. Uh, you're developing a great business relationship with Oxygen. But, I mean, reality has been wreaking havoc on relationships, and uh, it, it can distort who you are. So were there any reservations of, about going further into this, this area? No, not at all, man. Actually, I came up with the idea when I was going through a tough season in my life, man. I messed up really bad. I, I was in the middle of a divorce. Then I got my uh, my, my girlfriend pregnant, and, and it was a lot going on, man. And I was it was tough. It was a tough season for me. And a guy by the name of Zachary Timms, rest in peace, Zach, he called me out of the blue and said, Dietrich, I want to I want to talk to you, man. I heard some things was going on with you, man. And I, I just began to pour my heart out, man. And, repenting on the phone and just t- telling them everything I was going through because I know when people I knew when people would get catch wind of what happened they were going to run me in the ground and say I was no good and let you know just say everything because you know I messed up 
And then and on that phone conversation is where that idea was birthed. I said, man, Zach, man, we need to do a reality show on real men of God, like who really go through some real stuff and make mistakes, you know. And that's how the idea was birthed. I took it to my uh, manager, Holly Carter, introduced her to Lemmy, and we all produced the show together. But I knew that there would be some challenges because I knew it was going to change the game. I knew that the reality show was going to change the game, you know, because it's never been done before to see preachers in that capacity, you know. And uh, so I really didn't have any reservations because I really feel like it was what God had gave me. It was something that God told me to do. So for this, for me, it's not about money. And for the rest of the preachers, it's not about money either because they couldn't pay us enough to put our business out there in the street. You know? Right. But the right. bottom line is, we all feel like we are called to show people the truth of who we are as men of God. What if I told you that the that the superhero that you looked up to when you were a kid, you idolized, whether it be Superman, Batman, whoever it was, what if I told you that at the end of the day, he took off his cape, he took off his superpowers, and he was just human, he was just flesh and blood, a human being just like you? Would you love him the more or would you love him less? And that's what this show really is about. It's about showing you how none of us are perfect. Men of the cloth are human beings. We're flesh and blood, but we have a high calling. And sometimes you fall short of that calling. See, the Bible says that all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, the yes. Bible already covered it. And so people get messed up when it happens and when, when reality happens, you know. So I think yeah, it's important for a show like this because it's shifting the culture back to where it's supposed to be. Let God be God and man be man. Because if you're searching for perfection in a man, your your journey and your search is will be endless because there is no perfect man on the planet. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, that, hey, it's okay to mess up. I'm saying that you're going to mess up, but when right. you mess up, you got to learn how to clean up and get back up on your feet, bottom line. Man, man you know, I think I think that speaks volumes to your character. Um, we, uh, we a lot of times, you know, especially, you know, good church folks expect the pastor to be flawless, and I think, to me, that that's the big divide in the church as I see it is church folk, for lack of a better term, uh, expect this, this the man that's been put in charge of them to be flawless. And I'm like, you, this this is still a man. And I think I think God is telling us, okay, I gave you this guy, but trust and believe you still got to rock with me, <laughs> you know, exactly. and. Uh, and so I, I, I applaud you for for one uh, taking the reins as a leader. And how did you get this group together? How did you how did you get Bishop Noel Jones, uh, Clarence McClendon, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Wayne Cheney, Ron? Gibbs, like this this is a who's who of pastorship, of pastorhood, and you are the young man. Like how did you how did you pitch to right. these guys this new age um way to approach ministry? Well, I, I was I wasn't a part of the casting process. Okay. Uh, my manager, Holly Carter at Releve Entertainment, she took the reins when it came to pulling the guys together. But, you know, she brought it to me, we all talked about it and it and it all worked out. But all of the guys, man, are great guys, man. Just to get to know these guys on a personal level 
from doing these shows, I already had a level of respect for all of them, especially Bishop Noel Jones, because I've yes. been following him down through the years. We're in the same organization, the PA of W. Shout out to the PA of W uh, worldwide. But he, I grew up in that organization, so I would watch him as a kid at these arenas preaching at our conventions every summer. You know, and I knew him from there. But to know him on a personal level, a more personal level with this show is just amazing. And I hope people don't miss it, man, to get a real man of God who knows the word of God like that, to have touched so many lives down through the years, to let us in on his life, man, is once in a lifetime. You won't get preachers to do that. That's why I commend every preacher on this show, from Brian Gibson, Clarence McClendon, Jay Hazlip, Wayne Taney, they're brave guys that, that, I'm telling you, they're forerunners and they're trailblazers because preachers are guarded individuals. They don't want you to know what goes on in their home. They don't want you to know that they have flaws. They don't want you to know that they feel like cussing somebody out they, because they feel like if you knew that, that you wouldn't respect them or you wouldn't honor them anymore. And I feel like our culture or our generation is more intelligent than that now. They mm. realize that you're flesh and blood. They realize that you have to bless them while you're bleeding yourself. They understand that. Now, back in the day, they didn't understand that. But this culture here, they're getting it. That's why people are gravitating to the show. It's um, number one show on Oxygen. It's doing great. And, uh, and I'm proud to be a part of it and proud to be working with these guys. Proud of them. Man, man the, the show is, is, like you said, is is, is incredible. Um, you, you're going in the business with Oxygen again with a new music series. Now this looks like fun. How how can a how can a choir be broke, Dietrich? Like it, it, explain that to me. You you and Michelle you and Michelle Williams with her new album is crazy. Okay. But how can yeah. how can a choir be broken? Well it's a bad leadership. The leader is not good or not training them correctly and, and then people are taking the, the choir for granted because the choir man is like a team it's like a basketball team you know what i'm saying what if you got a lazy teammate you know that don't want to don't want to practice you know like alan iverson didn't want to do he said practice i oh, <laughs> need to practice you know <laughs> what is practice you know? and so you know that's how you can get a messed up choir just like that you got to rehearse You've got to respect your leader. It's a whole lot that comes with dealing with the choir, man. And, uh, and what I, I love about this show is that it's not just about music. Even though we're going to be singing, it's going to be fun. Like you said, it's amazing TV. But you find that people have found out how to harmonize over deep issues. They learn how to sing over pain or through the pain. And so we, Michelle and I, we're able to go in there and really help people tap into whatever that is and help them move forward. This show, man, is really it's going to really change the game because it's it's something that everybody can watch. You can sit down with the entire family, with all your kids. You don't have to censor it. You can just watch it all the way through, enjoy some good singing, good personalities, and just good fun. It's going to be great. November 5th. I'll make sure y'all set the DVR for Wednesday, November the 5th. Wednesday, November the 5th. It is definitely going down. Um, man, you, you got it all going. You got your Facebook, Dietrich Haddon. That's D-E-I-T-R-I-C-K-H-A-D-D-O-N. Or you can check him out on his Twitter. And you're active on your Twitter as well and on Instagram, D-Hattie. That's the young D-H-A-D-D-Y. Man, um, in, in this new age of social media, how has that affected 
your journey as an artist and as a man of God? I mean, it's a direct connect to people that support you. I mean, it's a direct connect to your fans or people that need to get advice from you as a leader or a pastor. This is this is a blessing, man, for people that know how to use it. And it's also a curse because you have to be – there's no filter. You know, if you mm-hmm. feel a certain way, you to Twitter, and it goes straight out to everybody that, that, that are paying attention to you. So it's a blessing and it's a curse. So I've learned the hard way. But now I'm really enjoying the fact that I can I can I don't have to hire a PR person to speak on my behalf, you know. I can speak for myself. You definitely have to get somebody to filter what you're feeling before you put something out there. But uh it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Hey y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. We're talking to Dietrich Haddon. He said, Just call me Deek, baby. You know. <laughs> Man, I'm again <laughs> I, I'm 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 such a fan. I love your music. You have I think revolutionized gospel gospel music as we know it. Um, when you were in the creative process, were you ever fearful that this wouldn't be received by the the status quo? Well, you know, I've always been. I've developed tough skin over the years because when I gospel game, I was already different. I was like years ahead of everybody, you know. I was singing some some edgy stuff when they were still singing the amazing great house. I was singing, you know, singing it my way, you know. I just always felt like gospel music should be relevant. It shouldn't be way back in the backwoods. Like, you know, it should be relevant to what's going on right now so you can connect to young people and connect to the generation. So, I developed tough skin because church people uh, didn't like it in the beginning, but now people are loving it. They understand. I mean, down through the years, you had breakthroughs, you know, from like Franklin to Mary Marys that came and contributed to uh, what what we were trying to do. But uh, now people are ready, man. They want gospel music any way you give it to them. So this is this is where I can really do what I do best right now. I feel like this season right now, this generation. So I got some new music coming to y'all real soon, and, and uh, doing it the way I do it, you know? Man, you are doing it uh, on such an amazing level. Um, do you still pastor the church? You know, I was breaking that, man. I stepped down from the church in Detroit and came out here to Los Angeles, and right now my church is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, this TV show. This is this is my opportunity to lead a generation and lead people by, you know, people... There, some people will never step foot in a church, yeah. <laughs> but they're watching your life. Your life yes, is sir. a Bible. Some people will never open the Bible, but they're watching you. So I see this show and Fix My Choir as my contribution to leadership. Now, uh, 2015, I plan on opening up the church again, but I've just been taking my time because it's, it's a serious matter when you open a particular location because you have to be there to marry people and bury people and get people out of trouble, get them out of jail. See, I'm old. I'm an old school pastor because that's the way my dad taught us. Like you, you are you a shepherd over the sheep, and if you a shepherd that don't smell like the sheep, then mm. you ain't doing your job. Wow. You know, and so uh, I've just been taking my time with getting back into that. But uh, definitely, that's what I'm called to do. Man, how, how proud is your family of you, man? I mean, I mean to achieve the success you've achieved, and and uh, to you know to be living the life you're living. How, how proud are they? 
Well, you know, they're proud parents. They, you know, people, they're getting the level of popularity and recognition themselves as a result of the show. So they always follow me saying, oh, I can't go nowhere without folks saying, that's you, Dietrich Hatton's mother, or you, Dietrich Hatton's father. So they're living it up there in Detroit. They're having a good time. But they've always, man, believed in me. One thing I can say is that, you know, they, all, they always told me you can do whatever you set your mind to do. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do it, you know. And don't don't say just because you're from Detroit, you know, that it can't happen for you. And so I got to I gotta give a shout-out to my parents for always pushing me to believe that I can push the envelope and do what I'm called to do. So, yeah, it's just a wonderful thing right now. Well, Dick, man, I'm not going to hold you on here all day, man, but I did want to ask you a couple of more things. First of all, I'm going to throw some names at you. And you tell me what they mean to you, uh, Pastor Uh-oh. Marvin. Wy- <laughs> Pastor Marvin Winans. Okay, uh, Rance Allen, the greatest singer, the the greatest male vocalist on the planet. Wow! Period. Wow! 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 I I don't even know what to do after that. Uh, okay, let me let me throw this. <laughs> And, and I, I heard, I heard this too. I heard like when I listened to you, I was like, man, that's kind of got a little Sam Cook to it. Sam Cook, Sam the smoothest vocalist that ever walked the earth. Sam Cook, the smoothest and the coolest, by the way. I know, right? And and you know what? When I when I watch you perform, I see this, and you know, I think me and you from the same era, Michael Jackson. <laughs> MJ, I got an MJ. Uh, uh, I got M medallion on my chain. I got Jesus in my heart. You know. Yeah. The man, and I don't think there will ever be somebody that can reach the heights that he's able to reach. You know. So uh, MJ all day. MJ all day. Man, man, I, uh, again, man, I got to thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Uh, I, I, I am a personally a fan, and uh, I love everything you stand for. Um, when people go through tough times, I think that's when you see what they're really made of. And to, to, to right. watch you share what you share with us, man, I think that's awesome, especially for a flawed character like Rodney Perry. <laughs> so thank you, brother. Man, we're just trying to open up the door of hope for everybody, man. If I can make it, all of us going to make it, bottom line, you know. Thanks for having me, Rodney. You're the man. Hey, you are the man. And we're going to play Have Your Way as we go out. And uh, may God continue to have his way in your life. Thank you for coming on the show, Deidre. Yes, sir. Peace. My man. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. That's my man, Dietrich Haddon. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and know this, man, as, as God blesses us, you know, he, he bless you. You don't have to be perfect, but you got to be trying to be perfect. And that, that's all we can work for. The name of the song is Have Your Way. Dietrich Hatton, check it out. Verse 38, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing, created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Can the church say amen? Amen. Dietrich? Is that Dietrich Haddon that just walked in? 
What brings you the fountain of life? You can have your way. You can have your way in me. Can I be transparent for a minute? Some of those rumors that you heard, I probably did it. I'm not a perfect man, I can need it. But it's covered by the blood I've been forgiven. When I think of things I've done, I shake my head.
show. You're laughing along with Rodney. You listen to the great guests, but you're not sharing it. You need to share this show with somebody special. Find somebody in your life that you love and show them how good you enjoy the show. It's Rodney Perry Live. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it. Yeah. Once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. That's our show for today. Check us out next Monday, 2 p.m. We are doing it. This is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live.